This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. You are listening to the Running Channel podcast with me, Sarah Hartley, my co-host Andy Badley, who ran a very long way yesterday, and Rick Kelsey in the corner pressing all of the monster buttons. Oh gosh, hello monster. Hello Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Hello Sarah. Hello Rick. Oh, this is fun. Such a child. Thanks Sharon. for that intro, Sarah. And you spelt your name right this week, so well done. I did. I've learned how to spell in the space of a week, although I did just check that. Should we get into it? Yes, we should. Right. Another week, another podcast. And this week we're going to be talking about tips for training in the winter because it has just started to get cold in the UK. Yeah. It was two or three degrees when I woke up on Sunday morning for my long run. And of course, as soon as the weather changes, we can't talk about anything else. No, exactly. no. and you are in an, an incredible, I mean, there's no video this week, but Sarah is in a beautiful, very Scandi almost you're, jumper. Thank you. I'm all wrapped up, ready for winter. You yeah. literally look like you're in a George Michael video from the 80s. <laughs> that's true. It's a hey, combination the 80s of that. is back, Rick. Hey, that's oh, true. Unlike so, you, I don't remember my, it. Some of the garb the I've been sent recently. <laughs> oh, Sarah giving a little age dig there. I love it. Um, but yeah. Temperature was one of my uh, my talking points, actually. Was Just it? Go for- on. Oh. How was your long run? Was it all right? Don't, don't be like that. <laughs> don't, don't be like did that. Did you have a good time? I I'll, did enjoy it. Yeah. How long was it? 30 kilometres. My longest run ever. That is really life. long. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you see why lots of people do long runs? No. <laughs> uh, how are you well, feeling I, today? Do you feel I, stiff? I know I feel remarkably, I mean, I don't feel great. I feel tired, but I feel all right. Mm, might hit you tomorrow. I feel yeah, like sometimes it's two the days day after yeah, the day. Doms, yeah. Yeah. So today I'm, I'm just too excited about the fact that I actually managed to do it. Uh, yeah. But then every now and again, I go, oh, it's another 12.2K that I've still got to do because 30K yeah. feels like a real achievement. And well, then it is yeah. an achievement. It's a so long way. Much, so much further. Um, but I've got a few a few things. I made some notes after my run for oh, yeah. podcast fodder. Oh, well, she did. Yeah, and then I was like, I'm not going to talk to Sarah about this until we get into the podcast. <laughs> I saved it. <laughs> so I want to know your opinion. So I've got a whole list. Temperature. So it was cold, probably actually four or five degrees. Mm. Um, when I started my my long run, mm-hmm. so for me that was I I'm a still wearing shorts, but then t-shirt and long sleeve and gloves and t-shirt gloves. and long sleeve. What time did yeah, you do so a t-shirt like a short sleeve t-shirt, tech t-shirt, and then a yeah. long sleeve tech t-shirt over the top. Oh. And what and gloves? It's, yeah. it's October. In five you, don't need, you don't need yeah. gloves in October. You wore two layers in five for the whole way. Yeah, really. That's well, I, I did spend from about ten k onwards because I was thinking I was just going to end up tying it around my waist. Yeah. Or throwing it in a bush and then going and picking it up later or on. Or tying it and making Bunny it into a cape, yes. Superman. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or chucking it in a bush. I would have chucked it in a bush and collected yeah, it later. Any of those options. But uh, but actually, I, I did wear it for the whole, the whole really? thing. Really? I suppose you'd probably burn more calories because you're sweating. Probably. Yeah, it wasn't what I was thinking. And then the gloves came off after about 10K as well. And then they went down the back of my shorts. going to say 10 seconds. <laughs> no, it was freezing. It's always the way, isn't it? As soon <laughs> yeah, as it yeah. gets cold, gloves. you're like, oh, gloves, right, gloves. I need a gilet. I need gloves. I need... And then you've always got the debate of when it's like not quite Arctic, like mm. frost on the mm. ground, 
you got the debate. Do you go long sleeve top, shorts, or do you go leggings, short sleeve top? No, never that way around. That's, this is what I was going to ask really? you about. I, I would never wear more on my bottom than on my top. It's always the other way around. Oh. So I could never go like, I see people doing it. I see the, like, the leggings and then a short sleeve t-shirt. And I'm like, what's, that's, that's not the way my body works. I, I have regularly mm. run in shorts or like half tights yeah. and a t-shirt and maybe a jacket or a long sleeve and a jacket and a hat and gloves. Interesting. Uh, See, I used to do leggings and a t-shirt yeah. in, at this point in the year. However, then I discovered crew socks because if you, I would always wear leggings when it got a little bit cold because yeah. like before- So these are five, like mid-calf socks, you're thinking? Yeah, so like because before like a park run 5K on a Saturday morning, mm. if my ankles got cold, mm. I would get so cold that it just felt like my leg was going through my foot every time uh, I was taking a yeah. step. But what do you two think that the average high temperature is in Valencia in December? Ooh, Ooh in de I'm do you know go what it is? Like I do. 12? <laughs> I'm gonna go 12. I'm gonna go nine. You're both well out. The average 15. high is 17. Oh, God, is that's it? a bit hot. The average low overnight is six. Oh, right. So oh, it's Andy, so, you're living so actually, the dream. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure you're wearing the right garb, mate. Well, so this is this is where <laughs> I think, though. This is, I've never, haven't ever owned a pair, but I'm thinking about arm warmers, arm sleeves. Oh, I think, no. Because you can take them off, though. I, so I, if you, if I you start in a singlet or a T-shirt, you can take the sleeves off then. So I saw someone at Chicago Marathon in arm sleeves and mm. she took them off. And then she discarded them at an aid station. Yeah. And I was like, like, I get it. People wear old mm. jumpers, but I just can't believe the stuff that people oh, throw yeah. away mid-range. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how much money did you pay for those? Oh, they look pretty good. Probably quite a lot. Yeah, especially yeah. an arm warmer. I, I think you're probably overdressing. I think you need to. So you're going to go singlet feel, arm warmer shorts. Maybe I'm thinking singlet arm warmer shorts. Oh, yeah. I'll tell what you what, think? you can take the elite out of the elites, but you, you can you never take them. Oh, should we keep it? Okay, around? sorry, I should keep it relatable. <laughs> <laughs> like, to, to be fair, actually, when I first started running, I knew nothing. Like arm warmers for me now is like, oh, they're serious. But anyone can wear arm warmers. When I first started running, I discovered arm warmers. Yeah. It bought them, I think, for like five, six pounds yeah. Oh, yeah. and wore a T-shirt with an arm warmer underneath. Because you know how most people will wear like a, like a vest and then arm yeah. warmer so you can oh, no, see that, a bit that, of your the shoulder. The T-shirt and the arm warmer makes sense. That's, that's I think, how I would train. That's it what I'm so, thinking. And that's all that's I, I wore I in the winter. Worn. Because then you've got like, if you've got quite a big T-shirt on and you've got like a bit mm. of a slip, uh, well, it flaps a bit. Yeah. You've got a nice vent going yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. Breathability. So yeah, yeah you that's good. You can roll them. I've got, I've got another question from cool. my run. Yeah. It is, Rick won't like it because it's toilet related, but it's number one related. So we're talking, we're talking. That's wee, we, Rick, not yeah, poo. Yeah. That's fine. Carry on. <laughs> um, okay, okay, we've got the all clear. Hyd hydration. So obviously before longer runs, I'm quite pro being hydrated. So I'll drink, a not loads, but I will drink maybe an electrolyte drink, sports drink, and I'll make sure I'm hydrated before I set off. Yeah. But then I fairly immediately yeah. need a wee in, mm. in my long run. Really? So then you've got I'm a thinking, small bladder. Like I think me. I must have a, a yeah. small bladder, yeah. Um, <laughs> Only but, in running, would you ever ask yeah, that so question? I, I, think I, have, I, I don't know. I can't do anything about it. So then I'm thinking, so on my long runs, I will then, I'm in the countryside, so I'll stop yeah. and, and go Look for at it. a field, yeah. have a bit of wee. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, that's multitasking. I'm, nice. I'm enjoying the view and yeah. enjoying a wee. So in a 30K, how many wees did you have? Mm. I think it was only one. Might have been two. That's... Oh, no, it was two. It was two. It was two. two. Yeah, I want to say it was at about three or four K, so really early, and then at about 20 K. And how, how much uh, fluid did you take on? 
Yeah, I thought you were going to say, say how I didn't, much I didn't know how much came, came out. out. Yeah, um, I didn't. <laughs> before before both of those, I hadn't taken any on during the run. Okay. Um, I stopped at a, a shop again at around. Did you go for a shop? Did you go for a shop? Twenty k. Yeah. Self checkout. It was a very small little uh, village village shop. So I was to the point human, where I was worried human, they might not take contact. contact. No, no AI. No. No, there's no AI. No AI. It was just a lovely right. shopkeeper who sold me a bottle of water. Well, so this is, so in a marathon, obviously you have you'll have little um, what are they called portaloos. Yeah, where I you don't can go for the time. But then you have to queue for all of them. Yeah, and there's also I remember Amsterdam Marathon, my first one. I was genuinely so confused why at the start of the race, so many, mm. I just saw so many men just peel off, and I was uh, like, "What's happening? Is there a after corner?" They started. Yeah, li- within the first kilometre, because I know all this peeling is di- off because it was lined with bushes all the way yeah. down, and I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, they're weeing." Do you know yeah. what though? Over long distances, I think pee requirements can evaporate because you know it might go into reverse. Your body might need a bit back. This is, this is what. So I, when I went to school with someone who was really into <laughs> swimming, her coach <laughs> wouldn't let her wee, and he just said, "Swim harder, and you won't need to wee anymore." Yeah. there's something in it. Don't, you know. I, no, don't I don't think, think that's we, how, we, it don't works. Think that's how it works. We, we, we might, we might need again. a medic on this one. <laughs> we might, we might need a medic on this. Oh, yeah. hang on. Are you running really far? Right, draw that back. Draw yeah, that back. Once it's gone through to the bladder, I think your body's decided. You sure? I mean, now you're making me question myself. I'm, I'm not sure. I think there's a way back. So anyway, I'm worried about that and then i was hearing stories about new york marathon where the i think near the start or at the start you go across a bridge and it's a double layer bridge so that some people are running across the top of the bridge and other people are literally underneath them on another mm. layer of the bridge no. and that people pee off the top bridge <gasps> and like you just get a, a fine mist of urine that's that's wafting across the runners underneath what? oh my god that's what, I, that's what someone told me how do you decide me. whether you're in the top or the I bottom bridge i don't think bridge. you get to decide i think it depends on what wave you're in or, or what um <gasps> Start Unbelievable. Imagine that. So excited running the New York Marathon. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, that's a nice cooling. No. Asparagus. Oh, <laughs> too far. Too far. You're the one that tells us off on the toilet no, chat. I thought it was quite relevant. Um, so yeah, that, that's, I mean, that, that were my main ones. Then just some boring stuff. Yeah. Like uh, I did buy my drink from a, from a shop, but then I was running with it and I got a lot in my face and down my front. So need to, need to work mm. on that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I don't want this anymore but I'm too environmentally conscious, obviously, to just discard a plastic bottle by the end. I was already feeling a little bit uncomfortable that I'd use single-use plastic. So then I was looking for someone's front garden with like an actual recycle bin that I could pop it Good in. on you, mate. Good so, on you. Did you find it? Yes, I did. did nice. it? I did carry it for an extra, yeah. probably two, 2K more than I wanted to carry it for. Oof. Good job it wasn't one of those councils that has six different types of recycling. You're like, which one shall I use? Oh I'll, have to knock. I'll have to knock. I always yeah. Here goes that. my time. Yeah, imagine <laughs> Is that. Is it the green? Is it the brown? Yeah. Yeah. I'd have paused my watch. <laughs> I've given up on that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that sounds like you had a, a, a cracking weekend, Sarah. Yeah. I, in complete contrast, so I ran Chicago Marathon, took about like five days off running and then mm. had my first run back. And really, really tried to not do the thing where after five days of no running, you're like, great, this one's going to feel so good. I'm going to go out for my first run. It's going to be a PB. It wasn't. It was like a lovely, fine bimble in the countryside because oh, I was up visiting. Such a good word. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Up visiting family. Set out to do 10K. Ran out of road slash pavement after uh, four. So just did around like seven or 8K total. And it was fine. And now I have put myself on. This is, I'm saying this out loud, out loud so that you can hold me accountable. I'm going to do gym stuff twice a week Good. until Christmas. You've told and me if, that before. Yeah. No, and you've this not time, done it. I mean, this morning I was doing arms yeah. at 7am and I'm sticking to this. Just so get if, on it. if by Christmas, yeah. I don't look like... 
Well, it's only well, two months away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not long enough. I was going to say, if by Christmas I can't, you know, lift my dog above my head, yeah. I'm going to be really disappointed. That's an amazing thing to so, pick as your test. Well, really so good. it's because I, think- I saw this thing on TikTok about functional fitness and it's yeah. completely changed the way I see the gym because it was someone, you know, when you see people do like deadlifts or squats and my parents quite rightly are like, why would you do that? Yeah. yeah. But I saw someone do it and they did a deadlift and then the next shot was them lifting shopping bags into a car. And it was easy. And it's completely it changed my view because I'm yeah. like, right, that's why I do that. Yeah. Like with running. To, I think it's important. I'm trying to get my mum on this. She's oh, recently yeah. been diagnosed with osteoporosis. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's it's quite it's manageable. brittle bones. Like yeah, yeah, brittle bones. Yeah. And it's really manageable and reversible actually in, mm. in part as well. But you know, we've talked about it on the pod before about how the, when people get older, you need to do quite a lot of weights, the yeah. more weights you do for mm. strength. So actually you lifting your dog above your head by Christmas will show a sign of your yeah, strength. As, as you get older, Sarah. As, as you I get, get older, older, as I age. Yeah, I think as you, as you approach 28. I rem, I rem, hey, I was, watch I it, I'm only 25. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, the, uh, I remember something about when I was back in the distant past when I was an athlete, mm. where they there was some kind of correlation between grip strength and and risks of osteoporosis and, and therefore stress fractures. Really? Because osteoporosis can be a can be a symptom of red S, so which is relative energy deficiency syndrome. So if you're not taking on enough fuel for the amount of exercise you're doing, ah. then you can, your body can go into this condition. And then a side effect can be like having weaker bones. Yeah. And yeah, I think there's a correlation between grip strength and how, how and you can measure that with these relatively cheap machines that just squeeze something really hard. And then that correlates with, I think, to my knowledge, with with your, your, those risk factors. So there you go. And you know what that that's all about? Power. And you know what I found this weekend? <laughs> Another excellent oh, rip segue. Look at that. I, I, I found a button on my watch which told me what my power was, and it blew my mind. Because oh, you were so power? powerful? Or well, I, I don't know what it was telling me. It was just a load of stats, <laughs> a load of colours, a load of numbers. It is a very I can pretty you, graph, isn't but it? But it's a very pretty graph. I can give you some numbers, though, here today. Okay. okay. So on Saturday... Yeah. I did a run and yeah. my average power was 428. 428 power. What units? What units? What units? What units would that be in, Rick? Mm-hmm. Power units. Power units. Power actually. units. Watts. 428. Watts. Uh, is this serious? Is this in watts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's watts. Yes. <laughs> oh, Rick. <laughs> is it? It's definitely watts, yeah. Actually, just just quick test. What's the, um, what's the opposite of uh, eccentric? Concentric. Yes, Rick. There we go, nailed it. So right, you don't you don't know what, what were we talking about last week? Were you talking about um uh what is it? Uh edit. Uh, <laughs> 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 what, what is it when you, you get your blood samples? What were we talking about last week? Oh, and it was under five is when it's cholesterol. Helped. We talking about cholesterol last week yeah. and it it was under five, it was just under five cholesterol. Yes, just <laughs> under five cholesterol. Under five. under five cholesterol. What is it? You need to be under five cholesterol. Right, so you're yeah, What's my that? average power is four two eight. Yeah, and my max power right. is six four seven. Oh, so you're excited about that? Why? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm excited or I'm not excited. Oh, so, you well, tell me. Should I be excited? I think those numbers sound good, but mainly because they sound similar to mine. So we must be on the right track. Okay. So I was just looking at my long run from the weekend, and my average power is four hundred fifty one watts, and my max power is six hundred twenty eight. So you've oh, so similar. Well, okay, you've, you've you've peaked. You've peaked ahead of me. So why, as runners, should we care about our power? I feel like this could be a whole podcast, but the... Sarah? I'll get on it. Topic, yeah, feature yeah. topic. Send in your power-based questions. Yeah. What do you want to well, know? Do you want to know? Huh? Yeah, Sorry. What was excellent? 
this is like on an episode of Would I Lie to You where the person answering the questions tries to fend it off for a good 30 yeah. seconds while they work out how to answer it. Have you got yeah. you had 30 seconds now? Yeah, yeah you do it. Good to go. All right, go on. Um, <laughs> basically, heart rate's a good measure of your level of effort. So you could be running at a certain heart rate and if if you know what your heart rate zones are, then that gives you a good measure of like doing a tempo run, for example. You could hold the same heart rate for a 30-minute tempo run. Mm. You know you've worked at a consistent effort. The problem potentially with heart rate is it's massively affected by temperature, by your own body's stress and sleep and all of those things, mm. and by hills. So like obviously if you run at the same pace up a hill, your heart rate's much higher than running at the same pace on the flat. I see. Power is something that's used loads in cycling. So they wouldn't necessarily or less likely to train to heart rate in cycling. They're much more likely to train to power because of the nature of the hills. The benefit they have is having gears though. So if they're going up a hill, they could still spin at the same cadence at a lower or higher power to, okay. to maintain their pace. So I've gone off on a tangent with cycling. But the point being, if you use power in running, the idea might be that you decide to run at a really consistent effort for an hour. So you, you could, in theory, then, rather than say, I'm going to run at heart rate zone four, you could say, I'm going to run at 500 watts of power for an hour. And that would mean that as you go up a hill, you can run more slowly because you're still generating the same power. I see. Uh, and then as you run down a hill, you'd have to run quicker. And then when you're on the flat, you're somewhere in the middle. And so the, the level of effort throughout should feel the same if you stayed at the same power. I see. It's so a broad theory. So my power seems to increase, go to red, when I go up hills. That, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, 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 because you're probably trying to maintain a pace. So you're okay. having to put more power in yeah. in order to get the same pace because the gradient's changed. Yeah, because you're working against, against gravity. Okay, we'll do more on that at some point. Um, today, obviously, we are talking about tips for training in the winter. Oh, yeah. And I think the reason my power was so good was because it cooled off a little bit. Oh, at the lovely segue, Rick. Yes, it has got colder, so mm. much colder. And I don't know about you guys, but I really struggled to get out when it gets colder but it's more enjoyable running yeah once you're out lovely yeah that's the thing it's, it's getting out the door isn't it i'm if it's hot during the summer i find it easy to throw on shorts t-shirt and a pair of shoes and get out and going and then once it's running it's hard now it's like oh this is going to be a bit of a it's, a, it's bracing isn't it and you feel mm. it on your lungs straight away i think as yeah. soon as it gets cold i find that i have to do a bit of a like two-step process of step number one do some like star jumps and warm up inside and then quickly open the door, lock the door, start running straight away to kind of trick myself into getting out and going. Stretches? Well, yeah, that's what I do inside as well. Oh, I see. I just do it all inside. Whereas actually in the summer when I'm like, oh, this is going to feel so horrible. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's just go outside, walk a little bit, do some yeah. stretches. Whereas in the winter, I want to make sure that I am warmed up, ready to go. So you're doing the kind of dynamic stretches. Outside. You're doing dynamic stretches inside before yeah. you go out just to yeah, get yeah, your yeah. body moving it's a little bit. It's motivation, isn't it? You know, yeah. to get out, which we talked about last week. So it gets colder. You need more motivation to get yourself out the door. But when you're out, it kind of feels better. And yeah. happy, actually, it's more optimal for running because yeah. people run better times when it's not really hot. Yeah, like optimal marathon conditions are somewhere around 12 degrees, I think 12 to 15 yeah. degrees. Sounds a bit like what it's going to be in Valencia. Yeah. So. Perfect. Yeah. I would say, though, that the warm up becomes increasingly important when it is colder, though. Like you need to make sure that you've got everything moving that you need to be moving especially in the morning because if you're going mm. straight from like nice warm cozy bed straight out running it's going to feel bad yeah and if you're doing a tempo run or, or even more so intervals like you need to probably have a slightly longer warm-up mm. and it might need to start slightly more gentle and then by the end of the warm-up if you are going to go into some really hard efforts that's when you your warm-up you know you can't just go oh i've done my normal five or ten minutes of like very easy running 
and then without doing anything else, just go bang and then hit your tempo or, or hard efforts. That's when I would be maybe maybe stopping even just for a couple of minutes to, to throw in some more dynamic movements like lunges, walking lunges, uh, leg swings, all that sort of stuff, uh, and some gradually accelerating strides. So you might want to do four 100-meter strides that are building up towards the interval pace that you're going to end up doing. And then that gives you that gradual increase of pace and just a little bit of recovery as part of the warm-up to then go, right, I'm going to hit this first interval, whatever it might be, mm. and get stuck into it. And then your body just takes a little bit of time to adapt when it's cold. What's the best race you've ever done in the winter, Rick? I like all forms of cold weather running. Clean, blue sky days, oh, yeah. no wind, mm -hmm. any type of Saturday morning, Sunday morning, very early getting out. That is my favourite type of running. I My favourite one was I did an ultra last year in December. 50k and it was show off <laughs> just can't win can you? flex runs yeah. 130k you think that 30k is a long way Andy look try at me. doing another 20 on yeah. top of that and it was so nice but it was that really weird in between weather where mm. I put on I put on quite a like baggy long sleeve like oversized running top that I had and I was mm. like oh, I'll just wear this to the start line then I'll take it off and then I got to the start line hadn't put my pack on yet and was like oh, actually, maybe I'll keep this on for a little bit. And then I ended up wearing it for the entire race. So all the photos look ridiculous because I'm in this yeah. massive thing. But I do, I love it. The only thing I would say, though, is that it the one bit that I don't like is if you are running with a pack on or something on, you're, you really realise how much your back sweats. And then when, if you stop afterwards, that is what starts to evaporate and gets mm. really cold. Yeah, start times are unpredictable as well. You might, mm. you might have one down that says, you know, 10.30, and actually, because it's a rolling start, some people will actually start about 10.15. So, yeah, and some people start at 10.45. 10 like it just depends where you are. This in is the... the thing I'm most worried about. So <laughs> Valencia is going to be, like you said, it could be a high of 17 degrees, but I don't think it'll yeah. be that first thing in the morning. And interestingly, we give him another little plug. So our lovely friend Ben, who we gave a shout out to in last week's podcast, did run his first ever marathon this hey, weekend. Hey, well done, Ben. Um, so, yeah. He was fast. He, he did. He ran just inside yeah. 320. I think he ran 317.58. So rapid. Well done, Ben. Well done to anyone who ran Melbourne last week, actually. Yeah, and I don't know what the weather's like in Melbourne, but this is directly related because he sent us a message saying that he really regretted not getting there earlier. Yeah. Like, so he, I think he said oh, really? he was still picking up his numbers, like, 20 minutes before the start yeah. and, then, and then he couldn't get to the point in the corral where the pacer was that he wanted to follow oh no um, have you picked out an old jumper that you want to wear though that you can discard I will have picked out one by the 3rd of December yes <laughs> <laughs> so if you see Andy shopping in, I can barely plan what's December. happening tomorrow Sarah like let's, let's not get ahead of that's ourselves that's actually really hard though I did look, I take a long look at my wardrobe and I'm like I just don't want to part with any of this yeah <laughs> really and just you're still, you're still wearing that? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to get rid of this. The type of like, conditions we're talking about, European, Northern European, Central European running conditions, they're not getting that cold in the winter compared to what some people get oh, in yeah, like, some, no. Canada. Some, I know people will be listening in Norway. Canada in the US and they send us some incredible photos yeah. and stories that, that, yeah, it's, you know, minus whatever. I think the coldest I've ever run in was in, in New York City uh, one February time and it was, you know, minus... 15. Did people go out though? Did people go out? I did, yeah. And I had, um, it, it was as much the wind chill as anything else because the wind whips down the, the, the avenues and stuff. Um, and I ca came in with like um, literally icicles on my eyebrows and 
That can't be fun though. Ooh. It wasn't fun, but I had I had a lot of, I did wear leggings to run, to run that day. So that, that, was, uh, that, was, yeah. that was brutal, just or getting out and getting moving was I hard. suppose that's when running kind of shifts in these conditions to actually just running indoors. Like, mm. So my wife, yeah. Chantal, she's from New Brunswick in Canada and from about the first, second week of January until April, there's snow on the ground. Yeah. So you can't really go out. No. So everybody changes their routine and moves their running inside. Yeah, I yeah, know a lot of so people difficult. actually like a similar we met some people who were over from Australia when we were filming a video mm. last year and one of them had, she calls it a pain cave and um, it's mm. where she houses her treadmill and like all of her, she has all of her like race numbers up on the wall. Mm. But I actually think if you, if your treadmill setup's good, then that can be so fun over the winter to get on, yeah. like watch some TV or you can watch like your little avatar running along. And also yeah. if you're looking to get more consistent with pacing and you live somewhere where you're, you've got access to a treadmill, then... That is great to Keith start success, to learn some yeah. paces. Yeah, so this was our episode about tips for training in the winter. So I guess we're talking about, just to summarise, we've got mm. motivation because it's going to get darker and colder. Mm. Getting out, first thing is, or at any point, is going to be harder. So do anything. Last week we talked about um, habit stacking. So anything that's going to help you to get out the door, I think mm. would be yeah. helpful. Um, stay safe, be seen, and all, all, of, all of the good stuff because it's going to be darker. Um, maybe look at running indoors or on a treadmill if it is going to be dangerous and slippery outside and then wear the right stuff and plan to wear the right stuff mm. uh, and maybe have layers that you can discard or turn into capes or tie around yourself <laughs> or, or whatever and, and I would say one of the big watch outs and my learnings from my career was just sometimes I ran when it was icy and, or snowy or oh. and, and it's just a little bit slippery yeah and, and even if I didn't fall over I definitely my hamstrings in particular from the extra like even imperceptible yeah. sliding yeah, you yeah. just, they got, they, I was sore. So, you know, we all have things we're aiming for, whatever that might be, just feel like we've got to get out or we've got to follow a particular training plan. But just as it gets colder and things, you just got to be sensible because yeah. you'll be more annoyed that you hurt yourself than you, than about missing a run or doing I, less. I hit an Absolutely. ice patch training for the London Marathon in Greenwich, uh, which is where I, I used to live uh, in Southeast London, about two months in February, two months before the marathon. And it put me out for two weeks, blew my whole training plan. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing that, that uh, how, many, how many little adjustments your body has to make to, to deal with a little bit of like uneven ground yeah. or slipperiness or, or whatever. So. Yeah, don't risk it. No. So you're listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions to answer. Plus, me and Andy have each picked a new story from this week to discuss. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Shoes. Now, at The Running Channel, we bang on all the time about how if you want to run fast, you need to run slow. I'm talking about the 80-20 rule. Yes, you need to do the vast majority of your training at an easier or steadier pace. And you need an everyday pair of running shoes that you trust to do that. And the Infinite Elite has brand new cushioning technology in the form of Under Armour's Hover Plus. So that's designed to support you for the whole of even your longest runs with extra cushioning and energy return. So that's what this is all about. Yeah, and if you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes. Okay, so first up, we've got our news stories. I'm going to jump in with a really quick one. Just that there was a slightly unusual marathon um, over, I think this is in the US, called the McCurdy Micro Marathon, mm. which is put on only for faster runners who are on the verge of qualifying for, say, the Olympic Games or the World Championships, or whatever. They need to run a fast time to qualify for something, but that they might not be fast enough on paper to get a start in one of the major city marathons. And the difficulty in being a major city marathon without kind of an elite start place is that you don't get 
your own bottles and your own nutrition put out on the drink stations and things like that. So the, this race was at the weekend and a British runner called Callie Thackeray ran her marathon debut at this race and actually ran, ended up running the second fastest time by a British woman in history. Yes, oh I saw this. Two twenty-two, Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And also what is amazing is that because this is like quite a small race, yeah. it... I think she it, won by like seven minutes. Or something. Yeah, it's and it's minutes. so and it looks so small, like yeah. not that many spectators, mm. quite small, like paths and roads that they're doing it on. So incredible that she was able to run that time without like crowds, spectators, the kind of like buzz that you expect from a big city marathon. Yeah, and and they just the things that they put on was allowed the runners to run as fast as they possibly can. It's, it's I don't think I could mentally deal with this, but I think it's a two point nine four mile loop. Oh. So that's a lot of laps. But they have, the, wow. it says a full course tangent line. Stay on the line and run exactly 26.2 miles. Nice. So that's pretty cool, which they do have that at the majors, but often most people don't have that luxury of being able to stay exactly on the line. Yeah. Um, and of and course, then you're like darting because they're quite wide. You're probably darting in to get your bottles mm. at like drink stations. Yeah. Yes, this is a bit narrow. So yeah, I just thought that was an interesting story. I know we bang on about the marathons and, and I bang on about the elite stuff, but I mean, that's could have booked her place to the Paris Olympics next year in her yeah. marathon debut, which is incredible. So cool. Yeah. Very excited for Paris. Do you want to hear mine? Yes, yes please. Totally different. Um, a guy from Wiltshire, Alex Bantz from Salisbury, ran 72 miles around mm -hmm. a track no, whilst wearing noise cancelling headphones and a blindfold. Wow. So cool. So he's broken the world record for distance running whilst blindfolded. And he did it to raise money um, for Julia's House Children's Hospice, which cares for deaf blind children and oh, others wow. with life limiting conditions. How did he do that? I mean, you just wonder. So this is what's even, so this was my first thought, which is like, right, he was running around a track. How did he keep a, a straight line going around yeah. it? Well, They'd I mean, put it's not, tracks, tracks not straight. Oh, okay. How did, how he, did keep he keep a perfect a curved perfect line? <laughs> <laughs> or and it, not a circle. <laughs> Doesn't have corners, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> a track has four corners <laughs> and two straight lines. <laughs> a track has four corners. It does. Yeah, you come into the first bend, you turn, then you go along a bit, then you turn again, no, no, then no. you go down the back no. straight, then you turn a bit, go across a bit, then you turn I again, can see your logic. and then you go down the home straight. Two bends, two straights, and then you know broadly you, you end up going up, down, left, right, right? Not, <laughs> not north, south, east, west. Well, actually on my track, I go down, left, <laughs> up, left, down. Sorry, please carry on. Right. And in order to get round, because he was had headphones on so they couldn't audibly direct him and had a blindfold on so they couldn't mm. visibly direct him, he had, um, they'd put up like a bit of, I don't, I don't know what it was, like fishing wire or like a guide washing wire. line, a, a guide, guide wire, wire yeah. the whole way round the course. That's brilliant. So not only did he run 72 miles, he ran 72 miles whilst he had like a glove on that was holding onto this line to guide him all the way around. It's amazing. How incredible is that? And he wore a glove. That would have been hot as well. Yeah, well, yeah, See, he wasn't. It's, glove, it's gloves weather, Rick. Come yeah. on. I tell you what, though, when they were planning this challenge, I wonder if it was like, right, I'm going to need a guide runner to go with me. Anyone? Yeah. And then yeah, they yeah. were like, we'll put up we'll a rope. Put, we'll put a wire up. <laughs> we'll that's an incredible story. I love the so, cause as well. So, so cool. yeah, fair play. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Well done, Alex. So that's the news dealt with. Now on to my favourite bit. It's the questions. So any questions that have been sent in by you, the amazing listeners. If you want to send in a question, please do email podcast at therunningchannel.com. Rick's got a couple of crackers this week. Oh my gosh, they are good. They are good. The questions are good this week. Bernie from Shepparton, Australia. I've got a question for Rick. Oh, there we go. That's why you think it's a good question. All right, okay. So yeah, yeah. Because right. yeah, yeah, they've yeah, emailed yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a half coming up at a local winery. 
and they're handing out a glass of Prosecco at the finish line. I have quite a few members of my running club competing who don't drink wine. Is it okay to skip my cool down so all that wine doesn't go to waste? I do have a designated driver to get me home afterwards. Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Hey, Bernie. Yes, Bernie. Bernie. <laughs> I, I love this. And we know why this question's for you. Go on, Rick. Well, give, a, give a nice answer for Bernie. I think it's a good idea, Bernie, to maybe just have a sip the night before as well. Just so you get yourself <laughs> into it. That's here, not where I thought you were going. No, here's, here's, I thought we were going to get a super serious. No, here's my thought process behind this. Oh, so good. I ran post-injury PB last week. Yeah. 24 44. Yeah. yeah. This week on Friday. Sarah's so bored of it already. This, this weekend, I went to a wedding on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Oi, oi. I was knee deep in Gavi at 1am. Do they have Gavi at the wedding? They did have Gavi at the wedding. God, yeah. your friends. Yeah. And I was, but I made parkrun on Saturday morning and I ran 24.50. So Gavi only lost me six seconds. Or maybe, maybe you're actually, you were a minute better this week because oh, you've, you've done improving through your training and, oh, and then Gavi's cost, cost you a minute, me a minute and, and a half. Seconds. Also, she's doing a half marathon. You did a 5K. I feel like the Gavi would have caught up with you. Yeah, uh, you're probably, you're probably right. Um, but whatever you do, Bernie, stay safe. Enjoy your Gavi. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, what I would suggest is scoop up all of the Prosecco, put it in a little pile, do your cool down and then come back to it. It's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think there's a right answer here. I th and I think that you've won because if you're going to an event where there's going to be at least one glass per person and you're with a whole bunch of people that don't want it. Oh yeah, just tell all of them to get your yeah, glasses. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah, like I a great, great half, it. great half. Uh, Douglas from Norfolk Island. Is running on uneven roads more fatiguing? All roads in Norfolk are uneven and cambered. And I'm finding my long runs end in fatigue of my calves before anything else. My theory is that the constant dodging of potholes and camber of the road is adding additional effort from disrupted biomechanics. I have a marathon in five weeks and this is putting doubt in my ability to finish. Thoughts? I think you should have directed that at Norfolk Council. <laughs> I tell you, no, not just Norfolk Council, every council in the UK. What is going on with the roads? The why are our roads so bad? They're getting more. Yeah. Well, look, yeah, I understand why they're cambered. It's because we got a lot of rainfall in the UK, yeah. so that they you know, mm. use the runoff, but then at least make the pavements nice and flat. Yeah. The, Whereas if you're on the road, you've got one leg higher than the other. If you're on the pavement, you don't know what's going uh, on with your legs. You don't know is, where you are. This has been my single biggest bugbear pavements with the marathon training the like, quality of payment well just just cambers cambers mainly right so i will Do you explain a camber so if, when when the the surface that you're running on slopes from either right to left or left to right yeah it's so, tricky so you're running with one foot essentially higher than the other and then yeah. the amount of pronation that you're kind of putting it through mm. and I'm, I'm hyper alert to this through multiple injuries in the past so yeah broadly on our country roads where i'm running a lot of the time i know that i need to be a lot of them don't have pavements. So I need to be running on the right-hand side of the road into traffic unless there's, you know, a blind bend and then I'm, I'm being careful about crossing over and all mm. that sort of stuff. But I am trying to run a lot of those runs literally in the dead center of the road when it's quiet mm. because that's where the, you know, you're at the peak of the the, the kind of the mound of the of the, the road. So it's yeah. not like cambering to one way or the other. Less likely to get an injury. Yeah, uh, but it's not always possible because of traffic. Yeah. And then, yeah, the pavements all slope in towards the, the road themselves. And that I do think, so I think Douglas has got a good point and I'm not surprised that he end, he's ending up fatigued. And, and like, if, if it's an extreme camber, then that that's just, it's, it's really difficult. And that's when, like, if you can find a place that has decent uh, wide trails, that even if you're not, even if you are going to be running on the road, trails are often not cambered because mm -hmm. they have natural drainage themselves. Um, and then being in a park, 
or, or something like with wider paths that's that's your best option probably but it's it is tricky and you're not alone douglas that really annoys me too yeah mm. it's a uh, such an annoying thing and i wish that i, I just I, and actually got <laughs> i think i annoyed a driver yesterday i was i was running on a country road with a pavement on one side but i was actually running Oh, because traffic, oh, because, because of that, the camber. Yeah, because the pavement was so steeply cambered. And he he went past me. It was totally safe. But he definitely gesticulated at me. It's like, are you mad? There's, There's a, a pavement, pavement over yeah. there. Uh, you, but that was one. I, I, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there, there needs to be better solution. Yeah. yeah. Even so I, to be fair. I still like, think even, you should have been running on the pavement. No, I, I, I was, it was, I'd actually had crossed over because um, I was about to take a turn as well. Mm. Um, but, the, but it was, it, I'd crossed over earlier than I would have done otherwise because the camber had been annoying me. And it, I hadn't seen a car in about 15 minutes. So it was oh, really? bad luck. I forgot you live by a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where they never get cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'd say, Douglas, don't worry too much. I think that will be giving you extra fatigue. And mm. when you get to a properly organised um, marathon in five weeks, yeah. then it, it's much more likely that they've got a decent road surface mm. and oh. you'll feel better for it. And see if it is really heavily cambered, see whether you can do a bit of an out and back so that yeah. one on the way out, you've got one yeah. leg shorter than the other. On the way back, you've got the opposite. Well, Sarah, Andy, thanks for your company. But before we go, it's that time of the podcast when Sarah's got a little favour to ask. Oh, I do have a favour. I wondered where you were going with that. Yeah, I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> I, I didn't know where I was he's, going with He's Mav Maverick. Maverick. Oh, it's good. Yeah, thanks. Oh, gosh, don't worry. You haven't got too much longer left. Please, please do share this with a friend, family member, fellow runner if you are enjoying the podcast. We love doing this. It's honestly the highlight. Well, it's the highlight of my week to, you know, look down the camera that's in front of me. Yeah. I don't, you don't, don't really like, so like talking to us? No? Yeah, she spends this whole <laughs> time right. staring straight ahead and ignoring <laughs> us both. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. And thank you so much for all of your questions. Please do keep emailing them in as well. And we'd love to hear from you. And we will see you. Next week, where Andy... Oh, yeah, no Andy. ...is oh, gone. Yeah. Woohoo! Oh, that that was incredibly genuine. That was, genuine. <laughs> that, was so, that was incredibly convincing. Yeah, I'm it's sneaking not only, off for it's a little... It's not only for the podcast. He's gone for the entire week. Oh, yeah. I'm sneaking off for a little holiday, I am. Yeah, with oh, yeah. the... Uh, Anywhere nice? Uh, up to the Lake District. Oh, nice, nice. Which is... Lots of running, really yeah. flat in the Lake District. Oh, oh yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the camber up there is awful, oh. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I've got, my, I've got some of my routes planned out, so I've been trying to find the flattest which is not easy, flattest possible. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, the so, next running channel video, we go to the Lake District to find the flattest route. <laughs> yeah, so it's just the With two of us. With Andy Bandley. Just no, the two of us. We'll be joined by our very own Tom Dunn, who will be Ooh. recapping his first ever marathon, Chicago Marathon. We'll be talking to him all about his experience. Yeah, and we had lots of lovely comments um, from what you talked about last week on your experience, on the comments that you received kind of after the marathon mm. and the time that you guys both ran together. Um, so I think it'd be excellent to get his take on that. And, um, yeah. He's a, he's a very proud little sausage. He, he is. Is. Email in if you've got any questions yeah. for him. And this is now the longest outro ever. Oh, okay. We should go now. Bye. 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 This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.